It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in with me, Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church Hastings, Nebraska, and me, Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. We should have a podcast that's called The Hyphenateds. Okay, and how would that podcast be different than this one? I have no idea, but it just occurs to me that in addition to the Monday check-in, we should have another podcast that's called Mm -hmm. The Hyphenateds, since we both have hyphenated last Mm -hmm. names that are very confusing to many, many people. Mine in particular, because Jessica's last name was Alan when we got married, which sounds like a man's first or middle name. And so people generally can't figure out Greg, Alan, Pick. Why, is he, why does he always introduce himself by telling me his middle name? Oh, just when they hear it. Yeah. Not when they see it written down. Correct. Got you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I could see that causing. Confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, um, I feel in other parts of the country, giving your middle name is, a, is, a real, is much more common. Yes, indeed. And, and always having that there as well. Particularly in the South. Right. Yes. And not so much here. Or having two first names, which is not what it is, but mm-hmm. it's what it sounds like when you say it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. John David. So we've probably so so exhausted the material for a podcast on the hyphenateds. <laughs> so we probably don't need to actually launch a new <laughs> podcast. But I just thought I'd point that out. So folks tuning into this got like a bonus podcast. A podcast the within the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's kind of like sometimes your favorite sitcom, they would sometimes do like a, they would do like a secret pilot. Yes. They, or like, they would like, let's, let's do one episode. That's like a, you know, take these two characters and do just a whole show just about them. And it's like a secret pilot, like just to like test run a potential spinoff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what this is. And Given the feedback that I'm sure we're going to get on this conversation, uh, the spinoff will not happen, and we will stick with the Monday check-in. Fair enough. Now, the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is uh, a portion of time where we do two things. One, we take a look at the scriptures that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. We read through them. Uh, We do a little mini-study. We ask questions of them. We maybe let them ask questions of us. And then following that, we switch gears and we talk about the life of the church yeah. at First Press Hastings. And uh, we start with a opening prayer. Is it me? Is it you? I think um, given you've had a week of vacation, you can kick us off with prayer. Okay. I can do that. All right. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we find ourselves in the midst of Advent, in the midst of a season of preparation in the midst of a season of expectation and of waiting in the midst of a season of longing and of hoping as we move throughout these days help us to enter into this season in an intentional fashion and in a holy fashion where we are really focused on making room in our lives and in our hearts for your presence uh, for the gift of your son for the gift of your spirit for the gift of your love and be with us this 
in this moment as we study your scripture and reflect on what they might mean for our lives. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. It is Advent. This coming Sunday is Advent 2. Advent 2 in uh, what we call year A in the lectionary yeah. cycle. Um, so yeah, our, our, our church year starts in the season of Advent. We didn't have Damon here to wish us a happy new year. Uh, I think I might have said happy new year at some point because I'm so used to you doing that. I, I enjoy that. During the service? or um, but, Well, during, during the service or during the either. Um, during the service, you often preach on Christ the King Sunday and, mm-hmm. and you, you include a happy new year in there. But we had a guest preacher and you were facilitating the uh, the rising of the wreath. The wreath. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we're in a new year. But that was two Sundays ago. That was two Sundays ago. Last Sunday you weren't here, and you also weren't here to record the Monday check-in. But I pivoted. Did you catch that? Very quickly. I saw something listed in our YouTube videos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have the cool intro that you've recorded, mm-hmm. and you weren't in it. But... Um, <laughs> We were able to use the same graphic because the guy who did it with me also has brown hair and a beard, so it, it worked pretty well. Um, ben Welsh joined me for the Monday check. Oh, okay. And uh, we recorded it on uh, on the Zoom, mm-hmm. and uh, it worked yeah. out pretty well. Nice. We did it right after our Tuesday noon Bible study because I hadn't recorded one, and I thought, oh, Ben said some... Time. Good thing is that that Tuesday Bible mm-hmm. study. Maybe I should talk with him more about this scripture. Yeah. See, I think now that you're mentioning lunch, you didn't. But um, a good way to add to this, I think, is burritos. Well, so what you don't know mm-hmm. is that Tuesday noon Bible study happens, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, those of us who have time always go over. Yeah, I know, folks. They, to Beto's. Yeah. Go over to Beto's. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, tacos or burritos go well with Bible study. Mm-hmm. Tacos or burritos go well with just about anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Advent 2. Advent 2, New sequel. Year, Lectionary Cycle, uh, Year A, uh, which uh, brings us some of the Isaiah prophecies, although the Isaiah prophecies appear uh, in cycles. But that's kind of what we're focusing on uh, for this season of Advent are these uh, prophecies that we read in Isaiah and um, how they might help us shape our lives during the season of Advent. So So for the Sunday, we have from Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10. It reads something like this. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. 
The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. And that's how that reads. Uh, and then also from Romans. Am I reading this as well? Um, let's talk about Isaiah and okay. see where that conversation leads. Uh, Romans will be the other passage read on Sunday. I didn't get much to the Romans passage this past Sunday. I read mm-hmm. Isaiah and Romans as well mm-hmm. uh, this past Sunday, and we spent most of our time on Isaiah. And this was Isaiah 2? Two? 2, yeah. Um, which paints another picture of a kingdom of peace, if you will. Oh, it does? Okay. A little bit. I was going to guess it was like a doom and gloom passage. No, no. No, it's it's a very hopeful passage uh, that talks about uh, beating swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks and nations shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we got to sing the African-American spiritual ain't going to study war no more mm. down by the riverside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a good Sunday. We had we had the cathedral brass there too, and they like jumped in on the song, and uh, the that trombone sort of jazzed up, uh, and it turned out really really well. Tyler Kep uh, led our music for us and did a really great job, sort of leading us in that song. It was it was a good Sunday. Um, but here we have yet another vision uh, that Isaiah is painting of um, of hope, right, and. Um, I often, when I preach this verse or read this verse, I I, I move in on the the animals language, yeah. sort of this vision of a peaceable kingdom. But when I read Isaiah 11 this time, I really got fixated on the very first verse that a shoot shall come out of from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And I was thinking, um, back when I lived in Denver, I had this elm tree that was growing up in my yard. Yeah. And uh, it was growing up in a place that was going to destroy the foundation of my garage and mm-hmm. also my fence. Sure. And so uh, I went out there and I chopped it down. Right. Uh, and there was what appeared to be a very dead stump there. <laughs> right. Uh, and that stump stayed in that very dead-looking state actually for, for a year. And then... The next spring, this was like a full year and a half later because I chopped it down in the fall. Nothing happened the following spring or summer. Nothing happened in the fall. But the following spring, a year and a half later, um, out pops a shoot. A shoot. Um, And elms grow really fast. They're almost like weeds, quite honestly. And uh, this elm tree was back behind my garage in an area of my yard I never went to. And so I didn't notice it until all of a sudden it was like already as big as my thumb and was already four or five feet tall, <laughs> this shoot coming out of what appeared to be a very dead stump. Yeah. And so um, I read this and, and it got me thinking about that. That That's an interesting image for me and an image that I haven't focused on a lot when I've read this verse in the past. But thinking about shoots coming out of things that look like they're dead or hopeless and yet 
new life springs forth, right? Mini resurrection story, perhaps, but also, I think, relevant for us in this season of Advent of waiting and anticipation and expectation. Yeah, and I mean, for the prophet Isaiah, this is about the this is about the kingdom of Israel, right? Right. The, the kingdom of Israel has uh, once again been chopped to <laughs> stump level, been conquered by yes. a, a foreign invading power, um, and so they experience. Their nation state as as being dead, right? Yes. As, as having been leveled, and this is anticipating, holding out hope, I suppose, for um, for a king, right? Who will lead them back to some sort of glory? Yes. Right? Um, vanquish their foes. They sneak in here. Uh, he shall kill the wicked. <laughs> Just yes. Little, um, and and then draw all of the other nations to them, to them, right? That, um, to a kingdom that is very different than the world they're currently living in, right? Sure. Because the nation of Israel is is, is living under oppression. Um, the world is not as it should be, and so their hope is that this new leader will will set the world right. Um, that the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught this, um, I don't know, what, verse 3. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that um, kicks my memory um, to the anointing of David. Yes. Right? Uh, When Samuel, who anoints David to be the king, and um, the parade, the sons all parade by, uh, and God said, and he says, do not look as, God does not look as mortals look. Right. Uh, God does not see, or judge as mortal, but he judges by their inner character. Yes. Or something. Yes. Like this, right? So we get that same sentiment now when we're looking for a new king <laughs> be remind let's be reminded about how god chooses kings right right uh and not not judging by what his eyes see or by what his ears hear but but god judges with righteousness i suppose and with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek and so there's also this sense of this ruler will not take a look at the marginalized and discount them, but mm-hmm. instead we'll see their value mm-hmm. um, and we'll support them, build them up, provide them righteousness and equity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For me, there's always a question of this is good news um, for whom. Right. Um, well, it's not so good news for the wicked. Yeah. They, they don't, <laughs> they don't turn, they, yeah. they don't, it doesn't end well for them right. in this passage. <laughs> And I mean, and then that always sort of makes me think of, okay, am I the, am I the wicked or am I, like the other? Am I the, in the newer testament? This is sheep and goats, right? Am I a sheep or am I a goat? Um, and it, and and I think, I don't know which is which. I think the goats, the goats get are the, the punishment. They're they're not right. the good ones, right? Um, which is troubling to me because I actually really love goats as an animal 
Like sure. earthly goats right. are delightful, mm-hmm. but apparently you don't want to be a goat mm. in that in, in that particular parable. In that context, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, um, I think that they ask, uh, "When was it that I saw you naked and didn't clothe you? When was when right. I didn't realize you were in prison? <laughs> when was that that you were in prison and I didn't visit you?" Right. Um, and of course, they respond well. Whenever you did it to the least of these, or didn't do it to the or least, or didn't do it to the least of these, then you did or did not do it to me as well, right? And this is similar, you know, that um, you know that the will judge where is it shall judge the poor and decide with equi- and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Um, there's a similar sort of sentiment, right? We would as well. like to be on the good side of that scale of yeah. decision with equity for the meek of the earth, which means mm-hmm. we need to be meek because it doesn't turn out well for the next folks. He shall strike the earth with the rod with the mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Right. Um, yeah, that's... Well, you took that to kind of a dark place there, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Uh, it's there. It's a, I was focusing on a shoot coming out of a dead stump and the image of hope that that provides and, and this beautiful image of a peaceable kingdom that sure. will be ushered in by the reign sure. of this uh, just and equitable ruler. Sure, but um, somebody cut the stump down. It's true. You know? I, yeah, and I think like we experience stumps in our lives, right? For, for lots of different reasons. Right. Sometimes just because life happens. Yeah. Right. And, and it's not a thing that anybody chose for us or that we chose for ourselves. Um, but there's some sort of space of deadness, I suppose. Yeah. In our lives that, that we long to have some sort of regrowth. Yeah. In it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either self-imposed or imposed upon us by outside forces. In this case, with the prophet Isaiah, I mean, Israel would, it would be both, actually. Mm-hmm. Because Isaiah rails against um, the Israelites for their unfaithfulness and also prophesies of their destruction. Right, um, yeah. And so it's self-imposed stump and also outwardly imposed stump. And I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good metaphor. Like, what are what are the stumps in our lives, the places that, have been um, cut off and yeah. feel feel dead or hopeless. Yeah, and I, like in our lives, I think for sure, like in our families, in our communities, in our you know, in our schools and our places of work. Right? Right. Um, yeah, and then I think also like, like it's one thing for the shoot. To pop up, right? Um, but then also, if that shoot is going to flourish, it needs to be tended to mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Even if that's just, it needs to rain <laughs> for it, right? Right. Which seemingly is fairly inactive on our behalf, but um, like we we also like we prune trees. To give them shape and form and right. encourage them to grow in a particular direction or so that they don't become weighed down and split um, 
and whatever else the case may be. So there's, which I think connects with, and this is the thing that we talk about a lot is there's the work of hope that God is doing. And then the question of how do we join in that work? Right. Right. So the shoot pops up. Okay. Now how do we tend to that? How do we help that shoot to grow? How do we encourage the wolf and the lamb? To live with one another. Right. And that'll tie in nicely uh, with some of what I talked about on Sunday, that um, there's this stunning vision of, of peacemaking, of beating swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And, and it's a vision of peace and, and hope, recognizing that that's not how the world exists. But then what is our role as peacemakers? Um, you know, because mm-hmm. that that peace that is talked about starts with each individual, right? It starts in each of our hearts. And um, the same would be true with this hopeful image. The shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Um, but we have a role in intending to that. Mm-hmm. This may be a good conversation with our arborist in our congregation, Will Locke. Yeah. I bet he will have some insight into this. <laughs> uh, and he often comes to our Tuesday noon Bible study, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, he's trimmed plenty of branches, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's an interesting experience for me because I've read this Isaiah passage. I probably read it every year and I've done so for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always drawn to the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion, and the cow and the bear shall graze. And Yeah. Right? Well, that part is like exceedingly hopeful. Right. Right. The first part is like, if there's someone judging, like there's, there's always like a, like a small sort of like implied thing. Like oh, this could go the other way. <laughs> right. Like there's a 99% probability that the judge is going to rule in my favor. But there's, but you just don't know for sure until until the verdict comes. Right. Right? Yeah. And it just makes it, you just have to, I think it, it makes me at least tread a little bit more lightly on on one through four or even five. Right? Yeah. Then the, the rest is just kind of, I shouldn't say just, <laughs> I shouldn't minimize it. It is. It's this lovely sort of vision of a world made right, right? Of of things put together peacefully and wholly, and with respect and kindness and generosity, and all those things, uh, and that the, no one's going to hurt or destroy. On yeah, the mountain. yeah. But if that's the case, then we wouldn't need a, a judge. Well, but is this the vision post judgment? Right. Once the judgment has been yeah, passed, so. then this is the vision post-judgment. The world mm-hmm. will look like this. And, and yeah, verse 9, too. Uh, they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And, and uh, that ties in back to that Isaiah 2 passage that I preached on last week because it talks about um, learning from the Lord and walking in his paths, learning his lessons and walking in, in God's paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the world is full of the knowledge of the Lord and the love of God, it looks like a very, very different place. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the the removing of cruelty, the removing of greed, the removing of evil, however you want to think of evil, then allows for the flourishing of yes of this sort of peace and kindness and generosity. That's yeah. Um, so when Ben and I talked last week, uh, and he talked about uh, the swords and the plowshares and the spears and the pruning hooks, mm-hmm. he talked specifically about pruning, right? right? The act of pruning, and, and you've mentioned this already this morning, that the act of pruning is, is trimming away the, the dead or the not healthy mm-hmm. uh, in, so that the rest can flourish, right? right? Mm-hmm. And had I wanted that elm to regrow in my yard in Denver, right. <laughs> I would have needed to tend to it and instead mm-hmm. I chopped off that sh- sure. <laughs> shoot yeah. because I had tried to get rid of that elm earlier, but it was amazing. The resilience of that elm was striking <laughs> And was an image of, in my mind, sort of resurrection and um, whatnot. So, yeah. There's also like a, you know a little connection here to um, the depictions of uh, John, John the Baptizer. Yes, right? and that I think that is the Matthew passage for this week, if okay. I'm not sure. mistaken. That makes sense. I didn't check, but mm-hmm. yeah, the prepare the way of the Lord, make His path straight, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so. Does that seem like? Does that seem like that'll preach? I think. I think there's something in there that'll preach. I think for sure. Yeah. yeah. Then should we switch gears? Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the life of our church. All right. Let's do it. So, as Damon said, it is the season of Advent. Uh, so we're continuing uh, our worship schedule where we have our. 8.30 uh, contemplative service and our 10.30 traditional service for this coming Sunday. Um, so that's the second Sunday of Advent. The chancel choir will be joining us and helping to lead worship. Uh, we've, we're have we doing a new benediction response. We're not singing the church is not a building for the season of Advent. Right. We're doing prepare the way of the Lord. Then prepare down <laughs> the way of no, the Lord. That's not the one, but what's so funny is that Eric Nielsen said the exact same thing last Sunday, uh, yesterday. We got done and he goes, Greg, you're not singing the right Prepare You the Way of the Lord. <laughs> and he started singing that to me. He goes, why, why are we? So we're singing one that is in our hymnal. Which must be from Jesus Christ Superstar? It's not from Jesus Christ or Superstar. Godspell maybe? Probably Godspell. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't and, think it's in the hymnal. Sorry, we're singing a, a better one, I'm sure. I, I don't know about better. But uh, one that's one. in the hymnal. Mm-hmm. And the one that can be sung is a canon or a round. Oh, okay. And so uh, we taught the congregation this week the song so they could get in their ear. And then uh, this this last week, and then next Sunday with the chancel choir there, they're going to teach us to sing it in a round. Okay. So for the last two Sundays of Advent, we can kind of do that. I like so that's, that's going to be fun. So that's Advent 2. That's this week. Um, and we'll just give you a preview. Advent 3, which is uh, was it December the 11th, 11th um, that is our children's Christmas pageant, which will help tell us the story of Advent and Christmas through the voices of children singing and dressed as angels. Uh, it will be delightful. And uh, on that particular Sunday, because of the work that goes into preparing that Christmas pageant, we will not hold an 830 service. Uh, we will encourage everyone to attend the 1030 service to hear the Christmas story told, uh, the Advent Christmas story told from the perspective of our children. 
So that's Advent 3, December 11th. And then Advent 4, uh, we do kind of a modified version of Lessons and Carols uh, to make sure that we have a chance to sing all of our favorite beloved Christmas carols before uh, the season ends. And so that will be uh, Advent 4. And that will um, we'll be back to doing our, our contemplative service in the chapel on Sunday. So uh, that's a lot of information to throw at you. But... Uh, you need to prepare ye the way of the Lord. Yeah, I mean, mostly it's, the information was mostly, there's worship. Right. It's good. Come. It's good. And then we'll have Christmas Eve, which is, will be a Saturday this year. Yep. Uh, and we're doing uh, four services. We do one at two o'clock over at College View, and uh, our choir members join us for that. And other members are welcome to join us for that too, particularly in this post-COVID era. We had to limit that yeah. for the last couple of years, but That's we're tricky. back to... Uh, so College View at 2 o'clock here in our sanctuary at 5.30 and 7.30. The 5.30 is a more family-oriented service. Our brilliant director of Christian education, Rose Kep, and I will work on something that's more of a family-friendly uh, message for kids that gets them involved. Um, and then the 7.30 is a more traditional service. We do the candle lighting and singing of Silent Night at both of those services. And we'll be joined by Cathedral Brass at both of those services. So oh, okay. if you enjoy brass along with organ music, uh, please join us for Christmas Eve. And then we have an 11 o'clock contemplative service. Um, are we moving that back to the chapel? I think we're going to stay in the sanctuary. Okay. It's um, it's easier. Okay. <laughs> Um, and honestly, last year with the number of people that came to it, we wouldn't have fit. It would have been tight in the chapel. Yeah, we wouldn't have fit in yeah. the chapel. So, um, and it's, it's a lovely service for the chapel. It's a lovely service for the sanctuary as well. Um, at night we, we lower the lights, not physically in terms of lumens. Yes. Uh, we lower the lumens. I guess I should be more specific, uh, in the sanctuary. And it's, um, man, is that ever a gorgeous setting? Um, the sanctuary, it's for sure itself, um, the liturgical setting and work, um, and the music in it. And, uh, we're always joined by some very talented members of our congregation, um, who lead the singing and it's, it's the sort of, I think people who have now been to it, I don't know how many times, three or four years that we've done it now. Yeah. Um, the folks that keep coming back to it now have kind of started to get the music uh, and are starting to join in. It's also the sort of service that if you, you can just sit and just be present and just let the music wash over you. Let everybody else sing for you if yeah. you want to. You don't have to worry about singing. Um and that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, that's at eleven in the in the sanctuary. And I, I I'll I'll put in a plug for that service as well. So uh, last year, uh, we did the service at two, at five thirty, at seven thirty, and somehow I still had energy at the end of all of that. <laughs> right. Um, and my mom was here visiting, and so she stayed home, and Esther was already asleep. Uh, but Jessica and I came to that eleven o'clock service, and we're able to sit together and just worship. Um, that was a really meaningful time for us uh, because of the setting and the service and, and a chance for Jessica and I to sit and worship together on Christmas Eve. So I highly recommend, you know, you don't have to limit yourself to just one service. Damon and I will be at all four services. Well, Damon will be at three uh, services, right? I will be? I think so. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or at least two. I don't in know. In general, I've done the 7.30 and the 11. Okay. And then, like, Rose... Rose does do the, the 5.30, yeah. Now, now you're seeing how the sausage is made. <laughs> so... Because I'm doing the Christmas Day service. You are. Tell us about that. <laughs> so Christmas is on a Sunday this year. Um, and so we're going to have worship. We're going to have worship at 1030. We're, uh, we're not going to do an 830 service Christmas Day. Uh, worship at 1030. Worship Christmas Sunday is going to be... Uh, you, can, you can wear your pajamas if you want to to this worship service. I suppose if you really wanted to, you could wear your pajamas any, any Sunday. Other, any other Sunday. That would be fine. But uh, at this service, it would be particularly um, encouraged or, you know, whatever the case. Um, wear what you want to wear to worship. I, you know, whatever. Because that service will not be held in the sanctuary. Is that correct? Right. It's going to be in the fellowship hall. And it's going to be like a brunch sort of a thing. We're going to sing some of our favorite carols, some of our favorite Christmas hymns. Um, we'll have, there'll be some egg bake, uh, they're going to, there's going to be a waffle bar as well available for folks. And, um, we'll have the liturgy there in the fellowship hall. Uh, we'll sort of, we'll kind of compose a sermon all together actually as part of the service. So wear your pajamas if you want, have some egg bake, have some waffle bar, sing some of your favorite hymns and carols and that'll be at 10 30 that morning are you gonna sing happy birthday to jesus um, I, I put it out there in the world now <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry david <laughs> if it gets requested we will it would be an appropriate christmas song well, christmas day song maybe we can Maybe we can use that tune and come up with some better, more meaningful words. Oh, that sounds like Maybe fun. Maybe that could be the sermon. You heard it here first. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Done. Oh, that'll do like a Mad Libs. <laughs> Happy birthday. Christmas song. But with Mad Libs, typically you don't have to, there's not a syllable count. And you're going to have to, if you're going to try to get it to line up with a happy birthday song, you're going to have to get it to line up with syllables too. So it's like an adjective about trees that's le- that's three mm-hmm. syllables. Yeah. I think we can do it. Um, luckily, I have married into a very musically talented family. Uh, one and of f- whom is a, is a songwriter. Pretty, a pretty talented songwriter at that. Uh, so I think I think we can do it. I like that though. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun little yeah. sermon activity for us. And people will leave singing it. It'll be in their head, and that'll yeah. be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you could pass that on, and um, on Epiphany Sunday, somebody else could pick that up and share it. Yeah. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. Boom! All right, that's Christmas morning. <laughs> So the rest of uh, December, uh, we're going to continue um, our Wednesday Night Live and Sunday School through mid-December. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that is being, uh, time is being used to prepare for the children's Christmas pageant, but there's also other great things happening. So we hope you can join us for that. Uh, we have a couple of adult ed forums before the end of the, uh, end of the year, right? Yep. We have two more adult ed forum sessions. Both will be led by Cathedral Brass. Uh, this the they are the artisan residents.
for first prez this year. Folks have probably um, been able to enjoy some of the things that they've, some of their musical leadership during worship. Um, so, so they're going to lead two forums, um, music, uh, music of the season, um, and, and taking a look at, I think, maybe considering uh, why maybe music means what it means to us, I think, sometimes. So. Yeah. And then uh, we want to remind you about our Advent devotional guide. This one's in black and white because we ran out of blue toner. In our, Dam- uh, Damon ran the blue toner. Seems the entire world out of blue, blue toner. toner. Uh, but <laughs> we hope you'll join us with this. Uh, there is a scripture and devotion uh, each week of Advent. There is a prayer each day of Advent. And, of course, we're still doing our what we call a reverse Advent calendar, which encourages us to collect items for our local ministry partners uh, one for each day, so cleaning sponges or bleach or paper towels or toilet paper or uh, peanut butter and jelly. And so we hope you can join us as a family of faith in our Advent devotional and reverse Advent calendar. Then um, one last plug, uh, Food for Thought. Uh, First Press is partnering with Food for Thought, which is a student group at Hastings College, uh, which um, raises money and supplies Meals for I think elementary aged students um, in the in the district for the weekends um, so that food kids aren't going hungry um, over the weekend. So we are partnering with them on a fundraiser. This is this coming Friday, December second, in the Fellowship Hall here at church from five to seven. There will be uh, chili. There will be cinnamon rolls. And there will be trivia. It's a trivia night. So you can come and, and play some trivia and eat some food and support a, a really good cause. And for those of you who are listening, here's a challenge to you. Um, Damon and I are going to be on a team with some other really smart people. And so you got to show up to see if you can beat your pastors at trivia night. Bring it. I'm telling you, you can't. I'm just telling you right now. There it is. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> And on that note of humility, shall we close our Monday check-in in prayer? No, just what I mean is it's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's close in prayer. All right, let's pray. Oh, gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gift of this season of Advent, a chance to put our hearts and our minds in a mode of anticipation, expectation, preparation, hope, and joy. We ask that you uh, continue to bless and guide our study of your holy word and prepare us as we seek to to follow you and to celebrate the birth of your son and prepare for his return and a a reign of justice, peace, and love will wash over all the earth. Help us to be part of that. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.